Thanks for listening. On this episode, I had the chance to sit with my friend, Diana Knepper, founder of a Pittsburgh-based foundation that supports young women with breast cancer. Diana shared what inspired her to create the foundation, the different supports and services that the foundation has provided to young women with breast cancer, and then also how they have supported medical facilities in the Pittsburgh area. So let's take a listen in to Diana's story. Welcome to Behind the Pink Ribbon, where we share stories, information, and other content related to breast cancer. My name is Melissa Adams. I am a 12-year genetic breast cancer survivor. I've learned so much through my own journey with breast cancer. I have met some amazing people along the way, many that have become lifelong friends. I have experienced the emotional roller coaster of a breast cancer diagnosis, heartache, anger, frustration, loneliness, and even gratitude. Through this podcast, we will speak to breast cancer survivors, supporters, and healthcare professionals to gain insight and understanding behind the pink ribbon. Welcome to the show, Diana. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Thank you, Melissa. And um, I just wanted to share that I know you from um, Pittsburgh, when I lived in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I believe that we met at a cancer event, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was pretty early on in my journey. Um, yes. I think you had a mm-hmm. table and I stopped by and I'm sure right. you were, I chatted you up quite a bit. Yes, you did. (laughs) No doubt. It was was good. It was good. Yeah, it was really good. And it was many years. um, It's been, oh gosh, I don't even know how many years. So, um, so we've maintained contact and uh, I, you know, have developed a friendship out of it. So I'm Mm -hmm. um, again, grateful that you're here with us today. Well, I appreciate you asking me. So I want to talk a little bit about the organization that you have that specifically supports breast cancer survivors. So first of all, what is the name of the organization? Um, we're called a Glimmer of Hope Foundation, uh, symbol of the cure. Symbol of the cure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love that. So mm-hmm. when did you start a Glimmer of so Hope? So I actually started in um, 1997, 98, um, but I used other organizations because we didn't have a 501c3. So I was connected with Allegheny Health, Health Network and they would raise the funds, and then they would direct where the proceeds should go. I would just help them on the fundraising aspects. And um, unfortunately, the hospital had some issues, so we had to take the foundation back. And in 1999, I, my attorney helped me get my own 501c3. So I would say from 2000 on, we have been very, very strong wow. in the breast cancer research market. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, you're coming up on almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. I, yeah. <laughs> um, so are you a breast cancer survivor yourself? I am not. So I am not. What, what was it that prompted you to start this organization then? What, so, what kind of happened? Right. I sort of have your story. I left Pittsburgh and I moved to the New York, New Jersey metro area and and um, was really out of place because Pittsburgh and New York are totally different places. And I met a, a woman who became a mentor to me. And when I moved back to Pittsburgh, she called me and she told me she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And 
I didn't know anything about breast cancer, but I certainly thought she will, you, you know, I said, you'll, you'll survive this. You've had mammography, you've done everything that you should do to protect yourself. So you're going to be fine, I'm sure. And within 11 months, she had died. So it was a real eye opener on breast cancer. I'm sure. And how old was your friend? If She had just turned, she was 49 when she was diagnosed and oh. she died when she was 50. So she, I mean, not that it matters at any age, um, but really mm-hmm. she's, she's young um, mm-hmm. for sure. She so, was young. So yep. she was really kind of the inspiration behind all of this um, yes. for you. Okay. Right. And um, is there any part of um, the organization that really, like, is there anything that you have within the organization that really is dedicated to her? I mean, the entire organization, but is there anything, um, you know, that is named after her or anything like that? Well, she had initially wanted me, she had said to me, uh, I saw her four weeks before she died. And she said that, um, we design pieces of jewelry that represent, uh, hope for breast cancer and all the money that comes from the sale goes to research programs and she said you're going to do something and it's going to become very big and when it does open a hospice in my name well hospice is not my vocabulary for young women there's certainly a need for hospice but not for young women so our home for hopes uh, which are integrated oncology center is really in her honor because you receive services that help you live with breast cancer and um, I just feel that that's more of what she really meant to me because she needed support when she was diagnosed and our integrated oncology centers do just that. I love that. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I love the idea that, you know, she kind of asked you or knew <laughs> that you were mm-hmm. going to do something amazing with this. Yeah. Yeah. And, she knew. Um, you know, I, I like that you've taken something and really have dedicated this to, you know, her Um, Mm -hmm. but took that hospice part out of it because I think you're right. right. I think it's really more about, you know, helping people to live through this. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk a little bit um, in terms of, you know, what are the services that you provide? Um, You know, what does, what does all of that look like? So, so we started an actual pilot program at Allegheny Health Network in Pittsburgh for women under 40. Um, And what we did with those women um, was bring them through the special services. We gave them acupuncture, massage therapy, nutritional counseling, and unfortunately, we had to provide childcare because a lot of young women have small children. So they were missing their appointments because they had no one to watch their kids. So our initial pilot that we only thought would be 10 women is now up to 48 women have gone through that program because they were all under 40. I think with the youngest being 19 years old. And that's only at Allegheny health. That one is. However, we have now uh, programs at all the hospitals in, um, you know, with the competitive healthcare here, UPMC at McGee, we offer the exact same services. The only difference is there is not childcare there. There's acupuncture, massage therapy, but, they don't have a place for childcare, only Allegheny Health Network. So we're about to open our third center within Allegheny Health Network, and we still have one at McGee. Okay. And why do you think those things are important for young women? Because, well, first of all, it shouldn't happen to young women. Number one, breast cancer just shouldn't happen. And so it's a whole different disease. Um, 
it, as you know, it just affects young women much more aggressively. And, and then it's different in the sense that you need to be places. You need to be, you know, at soccer games or you need to be at school with the kids. And so the anxiety and stress level for these young women is unbelievably high. So acupuncture, massage therapy, we now have data that shows it reduces um, anxiety and it reduces a lot of their stress levels. And it's just really, they just appreciate the support they receive at these centers. I mean, the, the, the notes that I receive, I mean, I, I literally sit there and cry because it has changed the way they came out of this disease. I can only imagine, quite honestly. Yeah. So I yeah. wasn't fortunate enough fortunate right. enough to um, have that when I was going through. Um, but I could certainly relate in terms of just the stress level and trying to figure things mm-hmm. out. And um, I love that you have data because that was going to be my next question in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, what is the data showing? You know, how are they reporting that they're feeling? Um, right. And I love that it's more of a holistic approach because right. more often than not, it's almost like, okay, here's the disease. This is the person that has it. Let's just treat that part of it. And there's right. nothing more that goes into it. So I love right. the nutrition part of it too. So what do they receive in terms of the nutrition side of it? They receive counseling on diet, um, you know, foods that they feel are, um, you know, more healthy. Not everybody can afford to eat organic, but that's what they prefer. Um, they, they try to get them to walk, to exercise, even though it's difficult when you're going through treatment. So it's a, it's a component that's never really been looked at when someone's been diagnosed with cancer. I mean, before you're sick, people will tell you you should eat well, you should sleep well, and you should exercise. So for some reason, when we get sick, it really shouldn't be any different. It should actually be amplified. The services should be amplified. So it, it's really, most women really love the fact that they can get nutritional counseling because nobody knows what to do. And I can attest to that. I remember calling, and I won't mm-hmm. name any specific names, but I do mm-hmm. remember calling and saying, you know, what else can I do? I'm a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've pretty much been healthy. I exercise. I do all of these things, but still ended up with breast cancer. So what can mm-hmm. I do? And the only thing that that person had to offer me was, well, you should eat more fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thanks. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, you know, I wish after all these years I could say breast cancer really comes from here. It, it's caused by this. It's caused by that. But, you know, it's just so many different breast cancers. As you know, um, it's, it's um, you know, it's just not one disease. It's a number of diseases. Right. And I think that that's, that's a lot of the issue here. So what might be good for one person is maybe definitely not good for another person. So I think it, by us putting these women into these pilots, we're really looking at them as individuals. Right. And I really think going through cancer treatment, that is the number one component that every hospital should look at as individuals rather than the masses. Yes, Yes. And I, and that's really kind of my point is, you know, she really didn't know a whole lot about me, but that was the only Mm -mm. thing that she had to offer. And I thought, well, I do that already. And so here I am. So what else can I do? So I did seek out the support of a nutritionist um, and got Mm -hmm. some additional information that was helpful. Um, So just kind of curious, you know, in terms of those, the nutritional counseling and stuff, um, mm-hmm. do, do you offer any kind of like 
cooking classes or is it, you know, the mainly the counseling kind of part? Do they journal? Do they, they do any of that stuff? They do journal. Okay. And they do, yeah, they do journal. So that that is, well, when we're just starting to look at that data. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. So. Awesome. Um, so I also know, just knowing you, that um, you also provide equipment. Correct. To the hospitals. Um, so tell me a little right. bit about that. So we brought the first tomosynthesis machine into the United States. And again, it was through Allegheny Health Network and their Wexford location because a radiologist told me how important it was to dense breasts. And dense breasts, a lot of young women have dense breasts. So it, it's it's really important to have the right equipment um, for everybody. Like, you know, and we also do A-bus machines. We've also, also purchased one of those. Um, for women with dense breasts because the ultrasounds really show uh, with young women, they can show a lot more than traditional mammography. And so what are the, what is the difference um, with well, those the, machines? The tomosynthesis is a, well, the Telmo is a 3D imaging it's 3D imaging, and so it shows, instead of the traditional four or five pictures of the breast, there's hundreds of pictures of the breast. It slices the breast into components so that they can see disease better. With an ultrasound, obviously, you're not using radiation, so that, that component is very, very important to young women because we don't want to radiate women at 25 years of age for their entire life. However, ABUS is definitely a future screening tool. But the number one tool to diagnose breast cancer would be an MRI. And, you know, quite frankly, insurance companies aren't going to pay for that. But it is the best technology. So how many, how many devices or machines have you donated to hospitals in Pittsburgh at this point? So for the UPMC system, we paid to upgrade all their equipment. Uh, we didn't physically buy new equipment. For Allegheny Health Network, we're on, I think, our third machine. And the machine, I mean, they're a lot of money. <laughs> they're a lot of money. So, um, but the most interesting um, research program that we're doing right now is circulating um, biopsy. So we're paying for that study right now, which is a really uh, important study. Tell me more about that. What are you circulating biopsy? What, to, what is that? So a lot of times I have young women who they reoccur like in a chest cavity and they can't be biopsied. So by doing a circulating DNA, we can sometimes uh, figure out what type of cancer it is. Now, it's just in the early stages. We've only been paying for the study for 18 months. So we right now the statistics are only being released back to the doctors they're not re being released to the patients. So this year, it's our hope that we will be able to release them to the patients. We're paying for our second year of the study. Wow. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's <laughs> a is... really great study. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, wow. you really kind of have your hands in so many different things. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, um. Honestly, it is. It's like when I talk to people, they just like look at me and go okay like how do you do all this yeah and we do all this because we were lucky enough to be in a city that's small enough that doctors communicate with us constantly but large enough to have some of the best medical in the world so we we have such advantages to deal directly with 
you know, doctors and researchers face to face. And again, I, I always say if I would have stayed in that New York, New Jersey area, I don't think that Glimmer of Hope would have survived. I don't think I would have had the luxury of speaking to some of the top people in the field where in Pittsburgh I've been able to do that. Right. And they help me. They truly help me. Yeah. Well, and I was going to, that was going to be another question in terms of, you know, do you get the support? I mean, obviously it sounds Absolutely. like you do. Yep. Um, yep. And so maybe this is a question I shouldn't ask. I don't know, but I'm thinking in terms of like West Penn, um, mm-hmm. at least when I was in Pittsburgh, West Penn still existed. I don't know if it still mm-hmm. does. Um, it is. It is. But is that mm-hmm. something that you're trying to get into as well? Um, because We're in there. Are, Oh, yeah, okay. we're already in there. Mm-hmm. So is West Penn so, part of Allegheny Health then? Correct. Or, oh, correct. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got mm-hmm. it. And they have really, again, because of uh, Allegheny Health Network has signed a lot of contracts with um, Johns Hopkins on cancer programs, that they are really stepped to the forefront in Pittsburgh. Wow. For treatment options. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have good, it's been, I mean, honestly, for our foundation, it's been the best scenario. That's great. Because we're, you know, it's, we've been able to grow in leaps and bounds, and we've been able to accomplish things, like I said, I would never be able to accomplish in bigger cities. Right. So, ever. yeah, yeah. And I mean, that, I think, has been the biggest thing for your foundation is just being able mm-hmm. to have that access and having right. a community that's supporting you. So, um, in ter- so you said you have 48 women that are part of that pilot. How do people become part of the pilot? So if they're diagnosed within the system, they're in their under 40, they're automatically, all the oncologists and doctors are, they know they're aware of the program. So they automatically recommend them. And then we, they're brought in through like a streamlined process and um, that's how they enter. Okay. And what is the, I mean, I would imagine that you um, probably have met or, you know, at least been in contact potentially with, with these women. What mm-hmm. is the youngest woman? I think the youngest was 19. I did not meet her, but I have been heavily involved with almost all the women that are in the program because unfortunately there is not a lot of resources for this age range. So they, a lot of times reach out to me directly. I have taken them to treatments occasionally if they're in need. Um, I still think, I think we do a good job, an adequate job. I would like for us to do a great job and we're not there yet. You know, I think a great job is that these programs are available across the country for young women because I do get calls from other states. Yes. Yes. Um, And that's exactly it. Again, it goes back to treating the individual, not just treating the disease and really taking a holistic approach and Mm -hmm. looking at this specific group of women. And Mm -hmm. again, not, not that it makes it any easier when you're diagnosed at an older age, but taking women who are, you know, under the age of 40 and helping them to see and helping them to really live through this. um, I mean, and and quite frankly, all the money's been spent on women my age. You know, some of the major funding in the country has been for women over 40, which is wonderful. I'm not saying that that should be taken away, but I would like to see the same emphasis placed on women under 40, because I would think that if you could cure this disease, it's most at its most aggressive state, then people that were older would almost be 
like a you know an easier fix. I just think that these younger women are complicated, not the same disease as somebody my age. So we're we're not there yet. I mean we're we're becoming more and more aggressive um, to to get more people involved. I'm trying to get more young women to advocate for their own health care. Um, we're becoming much more vocal. Good. Good. And yeah. I, and I love that. Um, I do remember calling an organization when I was diagnosed and saying, I need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Nobody in my family at that time, um, nobody that I really had talked to was my age. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, it came from my paternal side of the family and I didn't really have a relationship with many of them. And so mm-hmm. I was just searching and they hooked me up with a woman who was in her 60s and she mm. had like three kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, I talked to her, but I was just like, this is so different. This is not mm. like I, I appreciate her and I'm grateful for her. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like she she doesn't get this. Mm-hmm. It's very different. So oh, it's um, absolutely different. Yeah. So I didn't have the resources. Um, mm-hmm. And I certainly, you know, I didn't know about, you know, Glimmer of Hope when I was um, first mm-hmm. starting out. So yeah, I, you're totally spot on. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there are other things that you do. I mean, not mm-hmm. that all of that isn't enough, but mm-hmm. I know that um, you also have a, a really great relationship with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. So, so we just did uh, Pitch for Hope. Well, it was actually rained out because, you know, being from Pittsburgh, you know what the weather's like. <laughs> yes, so I don't it was it. rained out. But yeah, Clint Hurdle does an on-field clinic for women. And because his mother's a breast cancer survivor, he wanted to um, make people aware of uh, that there's hope. Like his mother was diagnosed when he was quite young. And, um, so he wants people to know that she lived through it. So, so can other women. So that's why he helps me. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a clinic, but it's also at the same time a fundraiser, correct? Right, 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 right. Um, from, from that fundraiser, we've raised a lot of money that has gone to purchase the equipment. They have helped me with, the um, the centers. In fact, their names are on the centers because they have helped tremendously open those centers for the integrated oncology. And um, they're just, they're fabulous to work with. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. And, you know, I, obviously being from Pittsburgh and loving everything Pittsburgh, bleeding black and yeah. gold, um, there was one year mm-hmm. where I was the um, the Batgirl, the honorary the Batgirl. Batgirl. Yeah. yeah, for yes. the Pittsburgh Pirates. Really and, nice. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, it was such an amazing experience. And I can't really say you know, enough about the organization because they really made me feel like a princess more than a bad girl. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I agree. They're fabulous. Yes. So what are ways that people can support you? So if there are people that are listening that, you know, they're either survivors or they're caregivers or, you know, just anybody that might be interested, what are some ways that they can support you? I know that we've talked, you mentioned the jewelry, so let's kind of revisit that. Right. you know, we're always looking for advocates, so um, in, uh, volunteers locally, but um, they can sign up on my website at www.symbolofthecure.com, or they can call the 800 number, and uh, it's 800-454-6746, and they could, um, you know, help us advocate nationally for more of these centers to open across the country. 
Yeah. And then what if somebody um, wanted to donate money? Oh, they could do that. Yeah, that's always <laughs> important, huh? Yeah. They could do so. They could, uh, on our website, there's a donate page. They could do that. Okay. And if then, they would like to donate. Are you regularly selling jewelry or is that something yes. that kind of? Yes. Okay. It's, right. It's on the website now. And every year we design a new piece and they usually, we take them to events. Um, but there are pieces on the website that people can purchase. And I have to say that I have several pieces and oh, I love all of them. <laughs> um, I think one of my, one of my favorites is, um, it's a pink, pink bracelet, um, but it's gorgeous. So I definitely good. encourage, you know, buying some of the pieces. Um, oh, thank you. Are there usually events around the, um, Pittsburgh area that you typically go to on an annual basis where if somebody is in Pittsburgh that they could find you? Um, you know, we have so many events. We have handbag happy hours. All those events are also listed on our website. And if not the website, it's on Facebook. Um, but we we average probably over 100 events a year now. Wow. So there's somewhere you can find us. Love it. I yeah, there's love somewhere it. you can find us. Yep, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Absolutely. Well, I want to say thank you so much for being a part of this. Thanks for sharing about the organization and all of the, the great work that you do. Um, I know that you have impacted so many lives and, um, I personally just love your heart and all of the, the good that you're doing in this world because we need more people like you. Well, I thank you for having me on and let me share my story. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of behind the pink ribbon. Don't forget to rate review and subscribe. If you or anyone, you know, would be interested in sharing your story please send an email to podcast at behindthepinkribbon.com. You've been listening to Behind the Pink Ribbon, produced by American Creative Consulting, mixed and mastered at Riverview Podcasting Studios. For more information, please visit designbyacc.com.